It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity during tax season because so much sensitive info is all together. Before we start the annual meeting of Sean's personal info, uh, has anyone seen social security number? Not me. Nope. Nuh-uh. Oh, no. He's been stolen. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but you can save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Identity theft protection starts here. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim, Today, we are chatting with Rachel Albright, who joined Day One Agency in 2017 as Vice President of Story, leading a growing team of creatives across disciplines and helping to define narratives for various clients and campaigns. Previously, Rachel was Creative Director, Content and Curation for Urban Outfitters, where she led multi-channel editorial campaigns and creative storytelling for the Culture First brand. With 14 plus years of experience across the art, editorial, and photography industries, Rachel has told both brand and human stories through video, imagery, language print, social, and experiential projects, and has built an extensive creative network across the globe. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here with us. We were chatting up a storm before we started recording. There's so much going on. Um, It's Take Your Child to Work Day. Um, This podcast is obviously going live after Take Your Child to Work Day. Um, I was telling Rachel how I saw a clown downstairs. Um, Her office hired a magician. Yeah, there's a magician um, as we speak who's probably (laughs) busy making balloon animals and having a great time. So I'm sorry that I didn't bring my magician or my (laughs) clown to you know, make balloon animals. But nonetheless, um, I'm super excited to have you here because we're talking about this earlier as well. I love that you are kind of like unfiltered, candid, just yourself. You like, I feel like this conversation I'm so excited about um, because I just want to hear your opinions. And I feel like you have awesome opinions about this great industry that we're in. Um, So I am extra happy to have you here today. (laughs) Um, So with that being said, you know, in the intro to this podcast, we talked a little bit about your backgrounds. And Mm -hmm. I know that everybody comes to influencer marketing in a different from a different path. Um, Nobody studies this in school. Nobody really knew that this could be a career like 10 years ago. Um, Definitely not longer than that 15 years ago. Um, And I know that your career path is particularly interesting, different, unique. And I think people love to hear about that. Um, So tell everyone listening your career path from when you graduated, where you're from, where you went to school, um, and how you ended up to where you are today. Sure. Um, So I'm from a very small town in Virginia. Um, 
small town country girl at heart, believe it or not. Um, and I went to school at Virginia Commonwealth University in their art program. Um, many years ago. I'm not going to tell you exactly how long ago. <laughs> um, and so I, I sort of started my career in the art world and really thought that that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Um, I did the gallery circuit for a while um, and sort of accidentally ended up in fashion for a while. Um, I worked with Neat Supply Company in the early days um, of dot-com there um, when it was a really small, intimate team and we were just trying to figure stuff out and it was crazy and really fun. And I feel like startup world really throws you into the deep end and you either figure it out or you don't. <laughs> and it was great because I, I learned how to do a lot of different things that like, you know, I maybe wouldn't have had the opportunity to do, um, and then that led to my position at Urban Outfitters. Um, my career path is kind of windy because I, you know, I've always just sort of wanted to be involved in everything and wanted to do things. And, you know, I don't sit still and I'm lucky in that I have a, a lot of amazing creative friends that want to do cool shit together. <laughs> um, and then, um, so I ended up at Urban Outfitters for a while in a new position that they created for me. Um, you know, it's funny when I look at my resume, I have all of these job titles that don't really make any sense and they're kind of abstract and no one really knows what they mean. And I feel really lucky that I was sort of able to create my own path and, you know, create a space for these positions to exist. Um, and now I think that people are starting to understand what that means and why it's important. I mean, you know, my job title now is vice president of story. And every time I say that out loud, people look at me like, what does that mean? I have no idea what you do. They're just jealous. Also, they're like, how do I get that sort of a title? That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I was at Urban Outfitters for about four years. Um, I absolutely loved my time there. I learned so much. I worked with incredible people. I got some incredible opportunities. Um, and it was during a really exciting time in the brand um, where we really just got to make cool shit and work with amazing people. And, um, you know, I, I came up pre-Instagram, <laughs> not to age myself, but um, it, it was really interesting to start in fashion before Instagram even existed and then ended up at a brand that, you know, is the core customer is the person that's on Instagram and um, sort of watch that evolution happen and watch it become the most important thing for every brand to care about. Um, yeah. And now I'm here and I'm with day one agency and I love it. You know, similarly, I'm in this position that I think a few years ago was really abstract and people didn't understand what it meant. And now I think people are starting to understand why this area of focus exists and why it's important for everyone to pay attention to. For sure. So, who um, knows what I'll be doing? Who knows what jobs will exist after this? <laughs> I mean, there's so much white space. There's so much unknown. Um, and I feel like that's like one of the coolest things about what we do, right? I don't know. That's what I think. Um, or having a title like vice president of story. That's pretty cool too. Um, so how do, so transitioning from, mm -hmm. you know, the art circuit to 
Urban Outfitters. Like, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, how, did, how did the transition happen between working for a brand to then mm-hmm. working for an agency? Is that something that you sought out? Is that something that you just naturally sort of transitioned into? Like, how did that happen for you? That's a great question. I really didn't see that for myself. Um, I really thought I was, you know, a, a brand person and a storyteller and an art person and a culture person and a, you know, curatorial person. And, um, you know, I don't think that I understood that those things can exist in an agency. Mm-hmm. I think I looked at agencies as kind of the traditional sense um, of what I thought they were. And, you know, I also had been working in brands that were so creative at their core that they didn't work with agencies. And um, so I never really understood that. And um, I ended up going to day one um, specifically to work with um, Jamie Falkowski, who is um, my boss now. And um, I'm really glad that I made that transition. It was definitely a learning curve. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's interesting to have, I guess, a different perspective than almost everyone else inside the agency world. Um, but I really love that that's something that they value there from me. Um, and really, you know, brought me in and, and let me do my thing and, and trust me to do it. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting transition. The, the way that I kind of explain it is like, you know, when you're in a brand, you really live and breathe that brand. You know, when I was at Urban Outfitters, every single day I thought about what do cool 20-year-olds think about? What do they eat? What do they drink? How do they sleep at night? What are they looking at? What are they paying attention to? Um, what do they think is cool? And, you know, it's great to fully immerse yourself in that world, but it also sort of puts blinders on you. And it's kind of amazing now to be in this space where I can think about anything and any type of person and it can inspire something totally unrelated and you just totally take the blinders off and let it roll. Yeah, a hundred percent. And then like at day one, how many different, I mean, you guys at any agency, but especially at day one, which is a fantastic agency, you know, you guys have like a really great portfolio, um, of brands that you work with. How many brands do you touch personally? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> my, I think my position is unique in that there's not really like, an account or a brand that I'm assigned to, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes there is, and sometimes there's a, a sort of account team or project that I'm leading. Mm-hmm. Um, but I touch a lot of different things. Um, I think it depends on what people on my team are working on at the moment or what, what kind of needs a different way of thinking or what needs something created or something concepted or I can kind of jump between a lot of different things and a lot of different teams um, which I really like it really works for me um, so so a, a question that I have that maybe other people listening as well have tell us what you know the VP of story you know director of story what is what is that actually? If I were the vice president of story, what would I be doing on a day to day? Tell people a little bit about, you know, your day to day. If you could, well, let's start here. If you could describe your role within like two to three sentences, um, what, what do you, what do you do? Um, 
I feel like this is a pop quiz. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is always no, I, C. I have no idea what I do. Um, no, just kidding. I the the way that I kind of describe it to people who don't really know is is it's sort of a hybrid creative director and editorial director. So, um, you know, I have an extensive background in like language and editorial and print. Um, but I also was a creative director for a while. And so it kind of marries these two worlds and it connects the dots between, a, a you know, a number of different teams and areas of focus. Um, really, you know, the, the point of it is that, you know, st- everything that we do and everything we make and everything we touch, we want it to mean something and we want it to have substance. And so it's really just, it's making sure that we're telling a full story that, you know, we're coming at things with a holistic approach um, and that we're not just accomplishing a task. Um, that sounds really abstract and it is, and it changes every single day, but it's really, you know, I kind of straddle a lot of different areas and help them all hold hands and make sense together and tell the same story. No, I mean, it sounds very like mission driven almost like that's like really inspirational. I feel like as a company, like how brilliant are they to like create that sort of a role that like keeps everybody. I mean, you know, it's it's making sure that everything you guys touch has purpose. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. How cool is that? And I think that's also what really drew me to the company in the beginning. Um, I mentioned I, you know, I had I didn't really picture myself on the agency side, but um, the fact that they had created this position and were prioritizing something like this really said a lot to me. So, um, you know, and for having, again, such a kind of varied career path, um, you know, I saw this job description and, and it was literally written for me. And I couldn't believe that this sort of, weird abstract world that I'd put together for myself existed outside of myself, I guess. I love that. I love that. I always say like you have to architect your own life. Yeah. yeah. Um, And like, that's what I love about your background so much. Mm -hmm. It just seems like it seems so uniquely you, you know, I don't know anybody really who's, especially who's been on the podcast, but I can't even think of anybody who sort of had that trajectory. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sounds so authentic to you. Um, And so I wouldn't say like, oh, you've been lucky to like find yourself in these positions. It almost seems like you architected this all for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, I think about that a lot, actually, because it's not luck, it's hard work. Mm -hmm. But I am lucky in that I've encountered a lot of people along the way that have been supportive of that and that have helped me find my way. Sure. Um, You're very humble. Yeah, (laughs) well... (laughs) It's very kind of you to say, but I will give you credit where credit is due. And I think a lot of that is, you know, stating intention, right? And just putting out into the universe of like, you know, this is what I want. And I I just always feel so strongly like if you put out into the universe what you want, it'll come back to you. Um, And sort of like leading with that purpose. um, It's not surprising to me that you found positions that uh, just fit you so well. Well, thank you. Yeah, very cool. Um, And so, you know, tell us a little bit more about day one. I'm like fascinated. You know, how do you guys work with influencers? It's such a big question. Um, but, you know, with your role, you you interact with so many different people at the agency. So I think you have such a unique vantage point. Um, talk to me about like what you're most proud of about your agency and the way that you work with influencers. Wow, that's a big question. <laughs> um, you know, I don't think there's one answer because we do so much work across so many kind of areas of focus that 
we work in influencers in so many different ways. And you're right. It's like, I, I do have a unique vantage point where I'm not siloed into one, one zone. And so I see how an influencer team works with influencers in a kind of, you know, more traditional way. And then I see how a creative team works with influencers in a totally different type of way. And they both work and they both make sense depending on what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's nice to kind of, there's no right or wrong there. It's just, you know, what are we trying to do and how can we do it in the, in the best way possible? Um, and I think, I think the thing that I guess I'm most proud of there is that, is that kind of like, there's no one size fits all. And, you know, our approach is not, this is the formula for how influencer marketing works. Um, it's really, you know, malleable and it's, this is what our, you know, maybe our experience has taught us, but let's try something new or let's try something different or let's figure out how to put together these teams of different people that don't normally work together to like make some weird magic happen. Um, and I think when people get stuck in a silo or get stuck in this like formulaic way of working with influencers, it, it can get stale really fast. And, and, you know, like consumers are really smart, so they can see through that. Um, and I think it's really important to, you know, not talk at people, but have talk with them and, and do things that are a little bit different. And, you know, when it feels good for us in the room, it's going to feel good outside of the room too. Oh my gosh. I have so many questions from that statement. <laughs> um, okay. So where to begin? So talking about like formulaic and, you know, f- not breaking the mold and just like following mm-hmm. what everybody else is doing. Um, you know, ugh, talk to me about like, like briefs. <laughs> talk to me about, you know, talk to me about like, I don't know, even like pricing. You know, I hear based on pricing or specific to pricing, I hear people, you know, we price specifically on CPM only. You come from a more artistic background. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine how you may look at influencers as creatives, as artists. And how do you value art? You know, that's a huge question. And this is, I believe, I'll let you speak for yourself, but I mean, these are, these are absolutely artists, a hundred percent. They're just artists who are also entrepreneurs who are also wearing a million other hats as well, but they're really artists, of course, in my opinion. Um, so how do you, how do you put a value on that when it comes to pricing? And I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Um, and I'd love to hear your opinion on, you know, briefs, uh, because, you know, uh, for example, a 20 page brief with, you know, essentially do this, don't do that. In my opinion, if you give that to 10 people, you're going to get the same piece of content mm-hmm. from 10 people. Um, influencers that I, I will speak to on a daily basis. They just want sort of that freedom, mm-hmm. um, to sort of create, you know, just to create. They're like, that's why they hired me. Let me, let me create. Um, so talk to me about, you know, the freedom and, uh, your opinions on, on briefs. And on pricing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you're right. I do sort of come from like an art, more of an artistic background. So I have a sort of different view on this type of thing. And I'll preface this by saying I'm not a numbers person (laughs) at all. Um, I have people on my team that help me do the math Mm -hmm. Um, and sort of, you know, gut, gut check me on, on that. And, you know, I, I don't think that there's an, 
a real answer to that. I don't think that um, you can say this is how much a person and the, you know, blood, sweat and tears they put into their work is worth. Um, and I think there's such there's there's so many variables, of course. But from a human perspective, it's, you know, I, I don't I, I don't know if people value their time as much as they should. And that's something to be said of any work that you do. You know, it's um, it's not just the product I'm putting out, but it's the hours I put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the, you know, thought behind it and the intent behind it and everything. And then at the same time, it's a business. So I don't know. I don't I don't know the answer. Um, but I do think there's so much room in that where, you know, I think my candidness lends to the ability to have really open conversations with people about pricing and sometimes just say like, I know that your work is worth X. I have X, but I love you. I love your work and I love you. And do you want to figure out how to do something together? Um, and you, it's like a mutual respect thing versus, you know, There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive-thru workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99-cent any-size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full-apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, just a numbers game, I think. For sure. I think that, oh, that's so wise what you were saying. So oh, where do I even begin? Like, I I just feel like, um, you know, there, there have to be, here's the thing. I don't work on the agency side, but if I were to put myself in your shoes, I would feel like I am thinking creatively and more intelligently if I were to, you know, not hardball an influencer on pricing um, because isn't the goal to establish a really healthy, positive working relationship um, in which, you know, they're, they're, like you said, a mutual respect mm-hmm. uh, both ways. Um, and if an influencer feels like they're being nickel and dimed. If an agency feels like they're being mm-hmm. nickel and dimed, it goes both ways. It's mutual respect. It really sets everybody off on the right foot. Um, if there's a mutual respect there and a fairness in pricing, um, it's tricky because we're talking about such like vague, like fairness yeah. in pricing and like we all take everything into consideration. Yeah. I know at the end of the day, like we have a set budget, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm not a numbers person either, but like I feel like we're probably all both forced to be mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Um, you know, I just, it's, it's my, my opinion is that there's so many variables that should go into pricing. Cause here's another one that not a lot of people talk about value. Well, you said valuing time. Oh, like what, what are the most important, uh, valuable things in life is time. Whether you're talking about personal time, mm-hmm. time in business. I mean, time is so valuable. I think that's so like key to anybody listening to take that advice from you and value your time. But in addition, you know, valuing, I'm a professional and I know that I'm going to deliver this on time. I'm going to give you, you know, the utmost, uh, 
the the most high quality, incredible content, I'm going to be a pleasure to work with. Like sometimes we go back to basics, and if an influencer is those are those things, um, and they're able to um, emphasize that, and they know that to their core, that's valuable. And if I were an agency, um, and let's say there's a second round of content, right? Because the first time, like they were such a pleasure to work with, they were the utmost professionals. I'd pay a little more to be able to keep that person happy and keep that person, you know, really excited to work with me because I can rely on this person. This person makes my life easier. This person, like, I know that they're going to deliver on time, incredible content. They're going to make me look so good. So, you know, it's interesting. Some people get so like blinders up when it comes to pricing. But if we sort of like expand our minds a little bit more and like, how can I make this negotiation work for me in the longer run? Um, People can achieve a lot, I think, yeah. thinking that way. And I think also just reminding yourself that, like, we're all humans, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and the the entity behind the screen and behind the Instagram post is a human. And, you know, the brand that or the client you're working with, they're all humans. And the people who are, you know, sitting here at their desk, you know, writing a million emails to influencers, they're all humans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's like, Let's just hold hands and figure this out together. <laughs> yeah, let's just like figure this shit out. Yeah. <laughs> and so like talk to me about briefs a little bit because that is a more on like in your yeah. warehouse. I feel like that's definitely the creative yeah. side of things. Like what do you have a philosophy on, you know, how stringent the brief should be or not be? I think, um, well, uh, briefs are important. Briefs are important. <laughs> I think, um, you know, first of all, first of all, if you don't understand the expectations, you're never going to meet them or even better go above and beyond them. Um, and I think, you know, it's a little bit of give and take, you know, like I said, you need a brief. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. And this is what sort of my parameters are. Um, but at the same time, again, we're all humans. So if, if we want to work with a specific human for the amazing thing that only they can do because it's their brain and their, you know, work, then, you know, their voice needs to shine through too. Um, so I don't know. I, I've sort of, in my experience, I've worked both ways. I've worked with really stringent briefs and I've also worked with no brief. Let's just chat and figure out what we're going to do. Um, you know, you do need, a, I think, a piece of paper to hold everyone accountable, of course, on that brief. But um, I do think that there's so much room for, um, you know, how can someone interpret this brief in their own way and bring their own flavor to it? And, and that's key right there. Um, one thing that uh, we enact is that before any content is created, the we have our influencers interpret that brief and pitch their concept for approval before any content is created. Because to your point, I think that's that's the key piece is it's not a one-way conversation. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's necessary to put things in writing. I love that. You know, in order to, you know, exceed expectations, there has to be expectations, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. So, you know, once those expectations are are given, how are they interpreted? Like, are they understood? And, and everybody learns differently. Everybody has a different creative process. Whew, like working with creatives, that is a whole thing, right? And so, you know, knowing that 
every single person who receives this brief is going to receive it differently. Um, so sort of having an extra step mm-hmm. of receiving it back <laughs> and saying, based on what I sent you, tell me what you're going to do with it. And just, it doesn't need to be extensive. It, you know, some people put a whole mood board together. Great, but they don't need to. But even just like two to three sentences, regurgitate that back to me and interpret it. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do with this? Rachel, that <laughs> has saved so many headaches yeah. for us um, because it should be a, a two-way creative conversation, right? Yeah. And I, that step, it just makes sure everyone's on the same page. You know, again, let's hold hands. Let's figure this out together. And that really seems like it probably negates a lot of room for error. And not only that, it probably gets people really excited to to see what is going to come out of it. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And so, you know, we talked a little bit about pricing, a little bit about briefs. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, the other piece of whim uh, besides influencer marketing specifically, yeah. but just like women in business. Um, I, when I told one of my colleagues, I was like, yeah, so Rachel's going to be in the podcast. She's like, oh my God, I cannot <laughs> wait for that episode to air. Um, you guys met uh, yes. a few weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, at your office um, and she is just such a big fan of yours. Oh, well, thank you. Um, for sure. Uh, that's her. That's all her. I'm a big fan of as well. <laughs> oh, we you. collectively are feelings mutual. <laughs> thank you. I'll tell her that. Um, so you know, I think we're. I lo- I know that you are personally really passionate about you know championing championing championing. <laughs> What's the word? Being a champion. Yes. Being a champion of um, you know women in business, mm-hmm. uh, minorities. You know mm-hmm. people who aren't the ones who are always set up to succeed, right? Um, maybe the underdog in certain situations. Um, you know, WIM is all about empowering women, being real and honest about, you know, some struggles that we go, you know, through. Um, we had a conversation just yesterday at an impromptu event uh, at my office that incorporated a lot of WIM members about, um, you know, if I want to like how to how to have a work life balance <laughs> um and just how you know if a priority of yours is to be successful women in business wh- how how do i achieve that and <laughs> achieve the many other things that us as human beings who are you know creatures of um you know are multidimensional people and we want multiple things in life how do we achieve all of it? I'm not asking you to answer this question. That is like the biggest question. <laughs> you tell me how face. to achieve it. <laughs> I look at your face. You're like, are you really asking me how do I achieve everything in life? Oh, no, I'm man. not. A- <laughs> I wish I knew. <laughs> I wish I knew too. You're not going to give me the answer because I was hoping that you would. I hope you're interrupting me and be like, just like, I can tell you. I can tell you. <laughs> Here is the secret to life. Here is the secret sauce. Um, but in your experience, navigating your way through all of those questions i'm navigating my way through all that are there any things that you know tips or tricks that you've learned it through the years to be able to you know have a good work-life balance navigate you know being a women a woman in business Mm -hmm. with uh you know a lot of things that you want to achieve what have you learned throughout the years wow um i've learned a lot (laughs) um you know being a woman in the world and in America is tough already. <laughs> so mm-hmm. being a woman in business, it's it's not easy. And, you know, we come with deficits and, you know, 
and I'm speaking as a cis white woman. So, you know, imagine all the people that have much greater deficits than me. Um, I think one of the biggest things I've learned is, you know, if I find myself in a place of power, um, and that power could mean anything. It could mean, in the traditional sense, it could mean, you know, I have the power to hire someone or I have power because people will listen to me on occasion. <laughs> um, whatever that power may be, if I find myself, myself in a place of power, I feel like it's my duty to pass that on to the people who aren't inherently born with it. Um, so, you know, the people who do have deficits and the people that um, aren't going to be heard, you know, otherwise. Um, and that's something that has really changed. I think having that attitude has really changed my career in a really positive way. Um, and when you sort of learn as a creative person, like, you know, creatives have gigantic egos, you know, myself included. <laughs> and once you sort of figure out that this isn't about me, um, you know, even as I'm sort of navigating myself through this career path and, and trying to forge my own way, it's not about me. It's about who can I grab along the way and, and who can I lift up as I go and who has helped lift me up along the way. And, you know, human relationships are the most important thing in the entire world. Mm -hmm. And even as someone that prioritizes career and work over my personal life and other things, that doesn't mean that the, like the human relationships are still the things that I foster the most and that are the most important to me. Um, I don't know if I'm answering the question at all. You are. But <laughs> Keep going, please. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I, I have a, I never think that I'm the smartest person in the room. I'm not the smartest person in the room and I tend to be the loudest person in the room. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I think, again, if, if that's a little bit of power I hold, I'm, I can be loud and people will sometimes listen to me, then I'm going to make sure that the, I use that so that you'll listen to the other smart people. Mm. Um, and I'm fully aware that the people who work under me and work on my team, you know, they may think that they're learning from me every day, but they're actually a lot smarter than me <laughs> and I can't do anything without them. Mm -hmm. It's just that I'm able to be loud. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what I can give to them and just give them a, give them a stepping stool and help them do their job. All I want to do is deal with the bullshit so that these people can do their jobs mm -hmm. because they make me look really good and they're way smarter than me. Oh my God. I love that so much. I love that so much. I mean, what I hear from that is, you know, take what you're best at and encourage others around you uh, to, to, Use what they're best yeah, at and yeah. like join forces, man. Totally. And, and just like kill it together. Totally. I think like, you know, this sounds so trite, but like being nice to people is <laughs> important. Mm -hmm. And I fully adopt the attitude of like, you're just as nice to the person cleaning up at night as you are to the CEO. And that's gotten me really far. You know, it's, you know, I treat everyone like they're humans and I really love people and I like figuring them out and, you know, joking around with them and, you know, figuring out 
wh- what what makes this person tick? What are they good at? And then trying to give them those opportunities. And, you know, I can sit here and talk about the things that I've accomplished, but I haven't done any of that on my own. Not a single thing, except like, you know, barely get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on barely. Barely. <laughs> same girl, same. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think that's incredible. I think that, um, you know, what a way to have some work-life balance because isn't, you know, wouldn't work be so much more pleasurable um, and personally rewarding Totally. Um, if you're even during working hours mm-hmm. sort of like exploring, you know, that human personal connection to people yeah. and, you know, and in a work environment encouraging, you know, and, and uplifting, um, those around you, giving them, you know, so many more opportunities and things like that. I love that. I mean, it's just a nice way to combine the two. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I find like a weird masochistic joy and like walking into a room where, you know, maybe people are not understanding how to communicate with each other and, and problem solving that. And sometimes it's, maybe I just need to like make a weird joke and like, you know, break the ice a little bit. And maybe I just need to translate between these two teams that are trying their best and just don't speak the same language. And maybe it just means going, Hey guys, we're all on the same team here. We're all humans. We're on the human team. (laughs) Um, Team human. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think when you start to look at people as humans that have a unique point of view and not just a person that affects me and whatever my thing is that day. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think a lot about how I affect other people. You know, I, when I, I think everyone has this like point in their career where they go from being, I call it like the player to the coach. You know, you go from being an employee to being someone who has employees. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, that happened young and, you know, I I want to be friends with everyone, but I also need them to respect me. And there's a really fine line. And I think, you know, I think a lot about how I affect people every day. You know, I'm being someone's boss means that I'm the person they're going to complain about to their boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or whatever when they go home at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of my job and you know i mean my job but also my job in life is to help other people do what they need to do so if i'm having a bad day who cares you know if if i take that out on people around me now they're all going to have a bad day mm-hmm. and now they can't do their job well and now they're going to go home and complain about me and it's like this vicious cycle mm-hmm. so you know if it takes me sucking it up and putting a big ass smile on my face every day I'm gonna do that and it's amazing how much it changes the air in the room when you just treat people with a little bit of respect and are nice to them and you know support them like all anyone wants is the feeling that they're respected and supported and so, you know, that's what I'm there to do is is set them up for success. They can do their job if they feel like, you know, I got I have their back. And empowered. Totally. To so. Totally. Yeah. Oh, you're so inspirational. <laughs> People are gonna love this episode. I'm so excited. Um I have no idea what I'm talking about, by the way. 
Uh, I don't think that's true. I, I don't think that's true. But here's my uh, last question of the podcast. Um, we ask this of everybody uh, who comes on, and I am extra excited to hear what you have to say. What do you wish somebody had told your younger self that would have given you a personal or professional advantage today? Wow. Um, wow, that's a really hard question. Um, to like buy stock in Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. No. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, but are you? Because I'm not. <laughs> we really wish someone would have told me that. Yeah. Um, I think... Um, I wish that someone had told me that it's all going to be okay. Um, no, I wish someone had told me, you know, uh, this is something I, I learned, but I, it took me a while to f- sort of figure it out. I wish someone had told me just to like, I don't know, let shit roll off your back. Like, you know, I think one of the greatest things to understand is like, when to, when to roll with the punches and when to throw them. Mm. And I think, when people are young and sort of figuring themselves out, they're throwing a lot of punches. Um, but when you learn how to roll with them and when it's important to throw them, like that's, that's when it really starts to click mm-hmm. and you can go, this is really important to me. And so I'm going to shout it from the rooftops or go, you know, this sucks, but it's not the end of the world and it's going to be better for all parties. If I just like make it work. Mm. No. When to roll the punches and yeah. when to throw them. That <laughs> is so good. Um, where can everybody find you on social uh, if they want to learn more and just chat with you and connect with you? How can they find you? Um, I am Rach Pop everywhere. Um, and I would love to talk to all of you wonderful people. Amazing, wonderful (laughs) people. So um, reach out to Rachel. She is just as incredible um, in person, in IRL, in real life, as she is on this podcast. Um, That's why we wanted to have you on. Thank you so, so much for coming and being here today. You are incredible. Thank you. I appreciate that. If I... All I said was be nice, but (laughs) be nice and throw some punches, guys. Both. They're both important. Both are very important. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We love comments, so comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode. Join us next time and thanks for tuning in.